so you get these insights and based on that insight you will be able to design something totally new great coaching is only good questions it has to be the right questions you can only ask the right questions if you know a person's motivators coaching is definitely one of those core tenants that we need to invest in to support our sales transformation welcome to take the lead a podcast series that helps empower senior leaders with LinkedIn data, insights and information. Every episode, you'll hear industry experts share how they are navigating the ever-changing business and digital landscape. Well, hello everyone. My name's Tim Grogan. I am a director here at LinkedIn Sales Solutions as part of the APAC region, and I am super excited to be your host here on our Take the Lead podcast. This is an environment where we speak to incredible leaders from the region, from a variety of different roles, whether it be sales enablement, sales operations, or some of the best sales leaders in the region. And today I couldn't be more excited because we're going to really focus on some core areas that we're seeing as one of the fastest emerging parts of any sales organization. And that really is people who are really tasked to think around the effectiveness of their sales teams, the enablement of the sales teams, and the go-to-market motions within an organization. How do you put in place an enablement team? What is the way you should think about it? What is the strategy for an enablement team? And what does that enablement team do with an organization? And I'm excited to introduce today one of our really leaders, I think, in the region and perhaps globally, Shrividya, who is the global head of sales effectiveness and enablement at Infosys. Her team has really enabled Infosys to gain a huge competitive advantage in their market by putting in place really thoughtful and customer-centric strategies to enable the productivity of those teams. And then Keith McDade with ANZ Mobile Lending. He's not just head of enablement, it's a enablement and a strategy kind of role. There's some really interesting sort of challenges that business went through, through COVID, and there's some really thoughtful approaches as to how they engaged with their team members to enable them to digitally transform and really start to sort of thrive in that hybrid working environment. In collaboration with Keith, I'm going to introduce Sarah Tinzen. And Sarah is the head of enablement and our go-to-market at MYOB Australia. This is an exciting story. This is an Australian business that has really owned the market for a long time and has gone through a huge amount of change. And more recently, private equity has bought MYOB. What unifies, I think, Keith and Sarah's story is not the backdrop of change that they're both going through, but how they thought about enabling their leaders and prioritizing coaching, which is becoming one of the most strategic drivers of change for all sales organizations. Buckle up, stay with us. I'm excited to uh, introduce you to the speakers. And for my first guest, I want to welcome Shrividya. Thank you so much for having me here. How would you simply describe what it is that you do? As the global head of sales enablement and effectiveness, my role is to help reach our sales people to maximum potential and productivity. You've had a lot of success getting digital adoption. If someone who's just starting out in their enablement career or is working with sales teams and, and thinking about doing something of that kind of change, could you step them through of some of the actions that you took? See, my first thing was getting the vision right. What is it that we want to do? I want to set Infosys sales team to be the best in the industry. And in so doing, our sales enablement team is the best. So whether it's people, process, tools, insights, we will do everything for them but we want them to be the best. So getting that sort of alignment, clarity about our function is the most important thing. 
Second is about getting understanding of the current state. Where are they? Where would they like to be? And third is to get the sponsorship of the entire transformation, getting support. I think nothing works in isolation. You really need to have the entire ecosystem supporting you. So you need to have external partners, internal partners. And to do all that, I think we also need a very good governance, a lot of metrics aligned to sales enablement. What is the business value we bring in? and constantly show progress. How would you motivate someone who used to do something one way to then build it into a newer process? Do you want to elaborate how you were able to get some of that step change in the way you thought about driving that sales excellence based on the vision? It is about creating the end-to-end ecosystem. Human observation is a very, very important thing if you're looking for any kind of transformation. Speak to somebody at bottom of the pyramid, so to say, somebody at my peer, somebody across industry. Having this natural empathy, having an openness, I think it's more important to have that open feeling that, hey, there could be somebody there who is smarter than you, who's kind of like thought of something which you can utilize. So you get these insights. And based on that insight, you will be able to design something totally new and then make it more fun. We have gamification, we have rewards, we have modeling of standout performers on this journey. So we have a lot of fun together as a team and the team itself is a high performance team. So it's very important to have that passion, responsiveness, agility. Three-week sprints, you know, makes it interesting for the stakeholder that they don't have to wait six months, seven months or one year to see something. They are able to see small changes as and when we speak to them. And that actually encourages them to be more engaged because they know that when they get involved, they're going to see change soon, the step change, as you say. And it's a well-defined strategy. It's not like randomly coming in and doing something or the other. It's a very well-defined strategy. And that's where, uh, Tim, I think people like you, we have other partners who are there in the industry who tell us that this is the best. These are some of the ideas which are happening. So be able to define the strategy and then stitching it all together to drive it through the metrics. So we have a constant tab on all the metrics. And as you have enabled through the sales insights as well, We do track everything. Our team came out among the top business enabling functions. So we are very happy to be here, uh, Tim. I think what the the listeners hopefully will get from you today is there's a, a constant state of improvement and reflection. How do we continuously add value to our customers? And to achieve that goal, how do we enable the sellers to be more effective and use the tools, the solutions, the data, the intelligence that we can give them to evolve, to become a better version of themselves. And I think there's a lot of inspiration for what you've achieved here. Thanks for joining us on uh, Take the Lead today. Thank you so much, Tim. And I say uh, always, you bring out the best in us. Lovely to share this with all the listeners of this podcast. Please welcome Keith and Sarah. Hey, Tim. Thank you for having me today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And Keith, good to see you. Welcome. Good to see you again, Tim. Thanks for the opportunity. Looking forward to the chat. Change has been a constant within ANZ, but also the business model that you're working in is is really unique as well. Could you elaborate a little bit on that for me? Thanks, Tim. Uh, I love that word unique. Our business is very unique in many, many ways, not least the fact that we're the only big four bank with a, a franchise proposition under its main brand, a real selling point, the fact that you can actually run your own business and have ANZ above your door. COVID was really fascinating for us because it provided this real challenge in terms of adoption to change. Our value proposition being that, you know, ability to go out and, and see customers anytime, anywhere. 
as we have changed and embraced different ways to do things, and I'm talking really about digital means of actually connecting with customers, customers these days are probably much more inclined to not want to have that home loan conversation at their kitchen table when they can do it in a medium, just like we're doing today, online, talking to a screen at a time that suits them. So that digital transformation has been something that we've been thinking about for quite some time. This last couple of years provided a real platform and the timing was right and important. We had the impetus to really throw ourselves into it. Yeah, well, Sarah, MIOB, it's one of really, I suppose, the early leaders in this market of accounting software. But more recently, uh, private equity has has bought MIOB and we're seeing a shift in, in positioning in the market now advertised as a business management platform versus perhaps accounting software back in the early days. Can you walk us through perhaps how you strategize what actions to take and how did you perhaps unify the organization? You're only there for three months and then have got this role. I came in for a three-month stint to really you know, stand up this newly formed enablement function. The approach I took was a similar approach that I take when I've done this kind of thing before. You really need to take the time to really understand the current landscape because not only did this that was this function new, the broader operating model for the organisation changed at the same time. So you know, it, it was quite a state of change, but really understanding what is the current state, what's the sort of broader company vision, you know, as we're transforming from an accounting software organisation to a business management platform, that enables you know, our customers to do all of their core business workflows in one platform. Thinking about that vision, how do I then need to ensure that an enablement function is set up in the right way to really help enable the organization to A, understand that vision, but if you think about the frontline teams, how can they bring that vision to life? So I actually took them through a journey to actually co-create what the function needs to look like. What is the purpose that we need to deliver for the organization in order to help the organization make that transition that they need to? At the end of that sort of um, six-week design process, we were then able to relaunch to the organization. This is what enablement's here to do. This is how we're going to help you achieve your objectives. And this is how we're going to help the organization as they make that transition as well. Out of that sales transformation, leadership became an area of priority. Do you want to elaborate how do you came to that decision and why that was seen as something uh, important as part of your sales transformation? Our sales transformation was really driving significant change across our sales function. It was looking at everything from the structure, the processes, the sales methodology, the operating rhythm, the ways of working. It was literally looking at all of you know the, the function and how it operates together. So because it was going to be a significant change for the team, we know, um, and you know, based on my many years of experience, change is hard and it absolutely requires that constant reinforcement to drive the sustainable behavioural change. And who better than our leaders to actually be at the forefront of leading that change, making sure coaching was part of the expectation set when it came to the operating rhythm for leaders. So we were quite prescriptive at the start around these are the things you should be disproportionately spending your time on as a leader every month, even down to week one, week two, week three, week four of a month. We actually had representative sales leaders actually participate in all of the design of the operating rhythm, our coaching framework, so that it wasn't just this thing that Enable presented and said, you now must do. They were actively involved in that and then became those change champions that we needed as we rolled it out. 
Keith, your model, if you look at your business, you've got a franchise-based model operating under the banner of ANZ across Australia. These, uh, I imagine, are small to middle-sized businesses are operating in their own specific markets. And you've mentioned a pretty big shift from someone who's selling face-to-face, 24-7 can be there anywhere, and then really implementing a digital engagement strategy to enhance their current way of selling, but also to give them more skills in a really what we would call a hybrid environment. Leadership engagement for you was also one of the core parts of your strategy. We'd love to elaborate how you approach that and how you think around the importance of coaching when it comes to this effective change management and the experience that you can share from such a large digital transformational project that you've taken on. First of all, coaching played a huge role for us. It it really, really did. And there was probably a couple of reasons for that. I'll maybe break them down. To a customer, at least many banks may well look the same. We all do home loans. There might be a percentage point here or there in the interest rate. The difference, though, the real difference is in the experience. And that's where we focus on how can we deliver that world-class customer experience at every interaction. That's what will be really memorable. We thought we were relatively fluid and had that down to a, a decent operating rhythm until how we conducted our business materially changed. We had to do things differently. So then all of a sudden, then we have thinking, okay, well, now we're in a digital transformation journey. What does that world-class customer experience look like in that situation? And how do you face into it? We had a range of different sort of obstacles that we faced into there. And I might maybe share just one that, that we came across recently, the change management journey, first of all, I'll say is a, it's a continuum for us. We're never really there. You know, sometimes you think you make good headway and then the next minute you get faced with another bit of a challenge. But the digital transformation that we did in partnership with LinkedIn, only recently we had a, a real big sort of aha moment or a watershed moment. And I was speaking to a, a group of business leaders, business owners and one day and, and they were really cagey around making that first connection and sort of a, in a in a digital age. Um, and, we, and again, just sort of probing and trying to understand exactly what was the what was holding them back because there, there was there was blockers there and we had to really accept first of all it's scary people are afraid of rejection there's the what if i'm ignored what if they don't respond that aha moment for us was you know when i i told a story to this group of, of business owners and i said if i put you in a room of 200 complete strangers if you were at a networking function just watch any of you guys work the room yet online is very different you're cagey, you're nervous, almost thinking, what would I say? And I said, what exactly? And we almost role-played it a bit. And I said, what would happen at that networking function? You'd go up and you'd probably introduce yourself. You'd probably have a bit of a value proposition. You would know what your CVP is, your elevator pitch. You'd have that polished. You'd hand over a business card and you'd more than likely say, I'd love to meet you for a coffee. The online, the digital connectivity is absolutely no different. But we were making it almost this big, untenable task. When the penny dropped it, realistically, all you have to do is make that connection. Again, perhaps a bit of an elevator pitch, which really should only be two lines. And then that same question, I'd love to buy you a coffee. When we started embracing that very simplistic journey, the actual results took off in a very steep trajectory upwards. That was a big recent learn for us. And and we're still on that journey. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I was with a a customer the other day. And and one of the things I hear when it comes to digital transformation is our people aren't ready, you know, or our sales teams aren't sophisticated, or our sales teams would never do that. You know, they're too busy. These are limiting beliefs that either leaders assume about their, their people. And 
I actually was in this conversation the other day and I said to someone, well, first of all, just think about the personal digital transformation someone's gone on your team. How many of your team members are counting their steps through their smartwatch? How many people now have never been into a bank but just use their digital app? How many people service all of their entertainment through their phones? We carry these thoughts of like, oh, they won't do that in their job, but yet they've got efficiency and productivity gains every day on the on the personal decisions they're making from entertainment to travel to fitness. And it shows that there's possibilities because people are open to change when they're given an opportunity to see value and realize that there is a better way. And I, I love how you articulated that story. I think, Sarah, perhaps this is sort of goes to the root cause of why coaching is so important because behavior change is so important. And you're perhaps putting in place a really sophisticated program to enable the salespeople perhaps to identify very quickly perhaps where the skill gaps are, but I imagine there's behavior gaps in that as well where they think, oh, I can't do that or I can't speak to a customer about that or that's that's not something I should say or maybe that's not a question I feel comfortable asking, these limiting beliefs. I'd love to explore how the coaching program is changing behaviors in that way and is there any way that you're measuring the effectiveness of that program? So one of the things we recognised when we made the decision that you know coaching is definitely one of those core tenants that we need to invest in to support our sales transformation was that when we actually looked at the coaching that was happening at the time, it was very varied in terms of its effectiveness. There wasn't a clear definition of what we mean by coaching when it comes to sales leaders coaching. And often they'd be trying to get through, you know, five or six topics in one coaching session, which was making it ineffective. So one of the things we started with was actually defining what coaching is in the context of sales leadership. And also as part of that operating rhythm, when should coaching be taking place? And actually coaching is one topic one topic per session. So just putting some of those sort of basic, what I would call hygiene factors into place certainly helped them. We also included things like coaching guides, so helping them with some guidance around how to actually frame open-ended questions as well. And we had those sort of categorized around key topics that they would be coaching to. We then obviously trained them in how to coach. And then we took the opportunity to then introduce certification. So rather than just training and hope for the best that off they go and they are applying those skills, we actually made the decision to actually certify coaching. What that looked like was actually observing. So sales leaders being observed over three coaching calls with three different sellers. And there was a bit of a scorecard that they would be assessed against. And I like that saying around inspect what you expect to happen. Um, so it got the opportunity to actually see how well are they able to apply those skills. Doing it over the three call component also gave the opportunity to, for them to be given feedback after each of those observations. And the expectation is that then when they do the next one, you'll see an improvement in terms of their approach to it. And we did that at all levels. So it wasn't just our front line. We did second line as well as the head of sales. And actually, our chief customer officer also went through that process as well. So all levels of leadership were certified to do that. So that's just a little bit of context around the actual program. In terms of measurement, we have yet to find a direct way to measure coaching other than is it actually happening and how effective is it through observation. But we obviously have been tracking, you know, particular performance metrics over time. And, you know, there is a correlation to coaching having an impact on that. 
we did see in the first 12 months as we implemented this, we saw a 51% year-on-year improvement on productivity across our sales force. Now, as I said, coaching is not the only thing we did to get that, but it would have had quite a significant impact on that as well, because obviously it's about behavioral change. The other thing that we have seen through this is improvement in engagement. So, you know, most companies measure employee engagement. So from the time that we started on the journey of our sales transformation, so that was back in January 21 to January 23, we've seen a 20-point improvement in engagement in the sales function as well. So coaching will contribute to that, but also how leaders have been leading the change and making sure that they're creating the right environment for their teams. I loved how you highlighted the start that coaching and, and focus was a real core there. So rather than trying to bring everything to everyone, what's the essence uh, and, and uh, the most important thing that we want to prioritize? And Keith, it made me think of uh, the exceptional work yourself and your colleague Cassie are doing there within ANZ Mobile Lending, where recognizing that such a large cohort that you're taking through the digital transformation that you put in place a really thoughtful program, recognizing that level one, you're on a starting point of a journey and what, what are the key things that you need to do at a, say, at a level one and you work yourself up from a level one to a level two or level three and a level four being at a mastery, recognizing that people go on a path of learning, you've really developed a pathway, not just for the the people who are on the ground, those actual mobile lenders, but recognizing managers have a key role to play there as well in helping their teams adopt and change. I'd love to elaborate a little bit about that body of work that you've put in place. We've got a great team of, of regional managers, of, of leaders in our business that have a nucleus of what we call mobile lenders, franchisees themselves to, to lead and to manage. They were our key. Getting them on the journey was really key because they could in turn coach and influence on that journey. Great coaching is only good questions. I'm not sure if you ever read the book, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions, really worth a read. But what I'll say about good questions is it has to be the right questions. You can only ask the right questions if you know a person's motivators. If they're not motivated you'll, or if your goals are not congruent, you'll not get the right response. Prior to COVID, we had the bulk of our people working nine to five jobs, ticking boxes and probably effectively going through the motions from a professional sense. Then through the extended periods of, of lockdowns, people embraced this new way of working and, and one that for many actually brought real happiness. We started to really get to the, the heart of what motivated people. To give you an example, I've got somebody on my team that I know I can get the best version of them if they can pick their children up from school. Or think of the mum or dad that now thinks the school drop-off is the most important 10 minutes of the day. Those small wins that they just didn't have before COVID allows us to see what's actually important. So when we were trying to shift behavior, we needed to understand what was important to each of our mobile lenders and make sure that we're aligned. That's where the regional managers came in because they knew, first of all, every one of their skill sets really, really intimately. They knew what was important to them and they could apply individual coaching strategies to get them on that journey. Behind that, of course, from an enablement function, we built a, a really easy to navigate learning journey, a learning platform that had four stages of proficiency, so to speak. And whenever we were able to map everyone in our business onto those four stages, we did that without judgment. It didn't really matter where everybody was as long as somebody, everyone was on the journey and making progress through it. Thank you both, Sarah and Keith, for your insights on how you've really thought about change, how you've approached change, and how you've really created 
really thoughtful programs that have enabled teams to manage that change, evolve and become the best versions of themselves and both now seeing material uh, results because of your efforts and the impacts. But I think the other key thing there is the importance of that stakeholder management. And I think the other great takeout I, I got from that was that it was co-created, that you both recognised there were stakeholders within your organisation that needed to understand and have that buy-in and, and you've invested that time. So thank you for sharing your stories with us and we look forward to uh, reconnecting and continuing to learn from both of you. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Well, team, that is all we have time for today. I hope you found the conversation as inspiring as I did and are starting to think around the ways that you can perhaps take some of those learnings or perhaps the questions that you might ask when you go back into your own organizations to think about what continuous improvement can you achieve and where are you on the change trajectory within your organization and do you have the right people as part of that change movement? Because change starts with what we heard today the ability to co-create, the ability to align, and then the ability to execute together. If you want to know when we release new episodes with our amazing guests like today, be sure that you hit subscribe. And if you'd like to stay informed with LinkedIn data, our insights and information affecting senior leaders, please follow our LinkedIn sales solution page. We'll include links to anything discussed as well as details about where you can find more information about Keith, Sarah and Stravidia in our show notes. Thank you so much for joining. Look forward to engaging with you on our next podcast.